The Complete Works of Winnie the Pooh. The immortal stories from the books Winnie the Pooh and The House at Pooh Corner, and poems from When We Were Very Young and Now We Are Six by Alan Alexander Milne. Presented for radio, unabridged, in 18 parts. Produced by Christopher Toyne and performed by Peter Dennis. Part 5, in which Kanga and Baby Roo come to the forest and Piglet has a bath. The Friend There are lots and lots of people who are always asking things like dates and pounds and ounces and the names of funny kings and the answer's either sixpence or a hundred inches long and I know they'll think me silly if I get the answer wrong. So Pooh and I go whispering and Pooh looks very bright and says, Well, I say sixpence, but I don't suppose I'm right. And then it doesn't matter what the answer ought to be because if he's right, I'm right, and if he's wrong, it isn't me. In which Kanga and Baby Roo come to the forest, and Piglet has a bath. Nobody seemed to know where they came from, but there they were in the forest, Kanga and Baby Roo. When Pooh asked Christopher Robin, how did they come here? Christopher Robin said, in the usual way, if you know what I mean, Pooh. And Pooh, who didn't, said, oh. Then he nodded his head twice and said, in the usual way. Ah. Then he went to call upon his friend Piglet to see what he thought about it. And at Piglet's house he found Rabbit. So they all talked about it together. What I don't like about it is this, said Rabbit. Here are we... You, Pooh, and you, Piglet, and me. And suddenly... And Eeyore, said Pooh. And Eeyore. And then suddenly... And Owl, said Pooh. And Owl. And then all of a sudden... Oh, and Eeyore, said Pooh. I was forgetting him. Here we are, said Rabbit very slowly and carefully. All of us. And then suddenly we wake up one morning and what do we find? We find a strange animal among us. An animal of whom we had never even heard before. An animal who carries her family about with her in her pocket. Suppose I carried my family about with me in my pocket. How many pockets should I want? Sixteen, said Piglet. Seventeen, isn't it? said Rabbit. And one more for a handkerchief. That's eighteen. Eighteen pockets in one suit? I haven't time. There was a long and thoughtful silence. And then Pooh, who had been frowning very hard for some minutes, said, I make it fifteen. What? said Rabbit. Fifteen. Fifteen what? Your family. What about them? Pooh rubbed his nose and said that he thought Rabbit had been talking about his family. Did I? said Rabbit carelessly. Yes, you said... <coughs> Never mind, Pooh. <coughs> said Piglet impatiently. The question is, what are we to do about Kanga? Oh, I see, said Pooh. The best way, said Rabbit, would be this. 
The best way would be to steal Baby Roo and hide him. And then when Kanga says, Where's Baby Roo? We say, Aha! Aha, said Pooh, practicing. Aha! Aha! Of course, he went on, we could say, Aha! even if we hadn't stolen Baby Roo. Pooh, said Rabbit kindly, you haven't any brain. I know, said Pooh humbly. We say, aha, so that Kanga knows that we know where Baby Roo is. Aha means we'll tell you where Baby Roo is if you promise to go away from the forest and never come back. Now, don't talk while I think. Pooh went into a corner and tried saying, aha, in that sort of voice. Sometimes it seemed to him that it did mean what Rabbit said, and sometimes it seemed to him that it didn't. I suppose it's just practice, he thought. I wonder if Kanga will have to practice too, so as to understand it. There's, um, <coughs> just one thing, <coughs> said Piglet, fidgeting a bit. Um, <coughs> I was talking to Christopher Robin, <coughs> and he said that a Kanga was generally regarded as one of the fiercer animals. I am not frightened of fierce animals in the ordinary way, but it is well known that if one of the fiercer animals is deprived of its young, it becomes as fierce as two of the fiercer animals, in which case, aha, is perhaps a foolish thing to say. Piglet, said Rabbit, taking out a pencil and licking the end of it, you haven't any pluck. It is hard to be brave, said Piglet, sniffing slightly, when you're only a very small animal. Rabbit, who had begun to write very busily, looked up and said, It is because you are a very small animal that you will be useful in the adventure before us. Piglet was so excited at the idea of being useful that he forgot to be frightened any more. And when Rabbit went on to say that kangas were only fierce during the winter months, being at other times of an affectionate disposition. He could hardly sit still. He was so eager to begin being useful at once. What about me? said Pooh sadly. I suppose I shan't be useful. Never mind, Pooh, said Piglet comfortingly. Another time, perhaps. Without Pooh, said Rabbit solemnly, as he sharpened his pencil, the adventure would be impossible. Oh, said Piglet, and tried not to look disappointed. But Pooh went into a corner of the room and said proudly to himself, Impossible without me. That sort of bear. Now listen, all of you, said Rabbit when he had finished writing, and Pooh and Piglet sat listening very eagerly with their mouths open. This was what Rabbit read out. Plan to capture Baby Roo. One. General remarks. Kanga runs faster than any of us, even me. Two. More general remarks. Kanga never takes her eye off Baby Roo, except when he's safely buttoned up in her pocket. Three. Therefore. If we are to capture Baby Roo, we must get a long start because Kanga runs faster than any of us, even me. C1. For a thought. If Roo had jumped out of Kanga's pocket and Piglet had jumped in, 
Kango wouldn't know the difference because Piglet is a very small animal. Five, like rule. Six, but Kango would have to be looking the other way first so as not to see Piglet jumping in. Seven, C2. Eight, another thought. But if Pooh was talking to her very excitedly, she might look the other way for a moment. Nine, and then I could run away with rule. Ten, quickly. Eleven, and Kanga wouldn't discover the difference until afterwards. Well, Rabbit read this out proudly, and for a little while after he had read it, nobody said anything. And then Piglet, who had been opening and shutting his mouth without making any noise, managed to say very huskily, And, uh, uh, afterwards? How do you mean? When Kanga does discover the difference. Then we all say, Aha! All three of us? Yes. Oh. Why, what's the trouble, Piglet? Nothing, said Piglet. As long as we all three say it. As long as we all three say it, said Piglet, I don't mind. He said, but I shouldn't care to say, Aha! by myself. It wouldn't sound nearly so well. Oh, by the way, he said, you are quite sure about what you said about the winter months? The winter months? Yes, only being fierce in the winter months. Oh, yes, yes, that's all right. Well, Pooh, you see what you have to do? No, said Pooh Bear. Not yet, he said. What do I do? Well, you just have to talk very hard to Kanga so she doesn't notice anything. Oh, what about? Anything you like. You mean like telling her a little bit of poetry or something? That's it, said Rabbit. Splendid. Now come along. So they all went out to look for Kanga. Kanga and Roo were spending a quiet afternoon in a sandy part of the forest. Baby Roo was practising very small jumps in the sand and falling down mouse holes and climbing out of them. And Kanga was fidgeting about and saying, Just one more jump, dear, and then we must go home. And at that moment, who should come stumping up the hill but Pooh? Good afternoon, Kanga. Good afternoon, Pooh. Look at me jumping, squeaked Roo, and fell into another mouse hole. Hello, Roo, my little fellow. We were just going home, said Kanga. Good afternoon, Rabbit. Good afternoon, Piglet. Rabbit and Piglet, who had now come up from the other side of the hill, said, Good afternoon, and hello, Roo. And Roo asked them to look at him jumping, so they stayed and looked. And Kanga looked, too. Oh, Kanga, said Pooh, after Rabbit had winked at him twice. I don't know if you are interested in poetry at all. Hardly at all, said Kanga. Oh, said Pooh. Roo, dear, just one more jump and then we must go home. There was a short silence while Roo fell down another mouse hole. Go on, said Rabbit in a loud whisper behind his paw. Talking of poetry, said Pooh, I made up a little piece as I was coming along. It went like this. Uh, now, let me see. Fancy, said Kanga. Now, Roo, dear, you'll like this piece of poetry, said Rabbit. You'll love it, said Piglet. You must listen very carefully, said Rabbit, so as not to miss any of it, said Piglet. Oh, yes, said Kanga, but she still looked at baby Roo. How did it go, Pooh? said Rabbit. Pooh gave a little cough <coughs> and began. 
Lines written by a bear of very little brain. On Monday, when the sun is hot, I wonder to myself a lot. Now, is it true or is it not that what is which and which is what? On Tuesday, when it hails and snows, the feeling on me grows and grows that hardly anybody knows if those are these or these are those. On Wednesday, when the sky is blue and I have nothing else to do, I sometimes wonder if it's true that who is what and what is who. On Thursday, when it starts to freeze and hoar frost twinkles on the trees, how very readily one sees that these are whose. But whose are these? On Friday... Yes, it is, isn't it? said Kanga, not waiting to hear what happened on Friday. Just one more jump, Roo, dear, and then we really must be going. Rabbit gave Pooh a hurrying up sort of nudge. Talking of poetry, said Pooh quickly, have you ever noticed that tree right over there? Where? said Kanga. Now, Roo! Right over there, said Pooh, pointing behind Kanga's back. No, said Kanga. Now jump in, Roo, dear, and we'll go home. You ought to look at that tree right over there, said Rabbit. Shall I lift you in, Roo? And he picked up Roo in his paws. I can see a bird in it from here said Pooh. Or is it a fish? You ought to see that bird from here, said Rabbit. Unless it's a fish. <coughs> it isn't a fish. <coughs> it's a bird, said Piglet. Oh, so it is, said Rabbit. Is it a starling or a blackbird, said Pooh. That's the whole question, said Rabbit. Is it a blackbird or a starling? And then at last Kanga did turn her head to look. And the moment that her head was turned, Rabbit said in a loud voice, In you go, Rule! and in jumped Piglet into Kanga's pocket, and off scampered Rabbit with Roo in his paws as fast as he could. Why, where's Rabbit? said Kanga, turning round again. Are you all right, Roo, dear? Piglet made a squeaky Roo noise from the bottom of Kanga's pocket. Rabbit had to go away, said Pooh. I think he thought of something he had to go and see about suddenly. And Piglet? I think Piglet thought of something at the same time. Suddenly. Well, we must be getting home, said Kanga. Goodbye, Pooh. And in three large jumps, she was gone. Pooh looked after her as she went. I wish I could jump like that, he thought. Some can and some can't. That's how it is. But there were moments when Piglet wished that Kanga couldn't. Often when he'd had a long walk home through the forest, he had wished that he were a bird. But now he thought jerkily to himself at the bottom of Kanga's pocket, If this is flying, I shall never really take to it. And as he went up in the air, he said, Ooh! And as he came down, he said, Ow! And he was saying, Ooh-ow! 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 All the way to Kanga's house. Of course, as soon as Kanga unbuttoned her pocket, she saw what had happened. Just for a moment, she thought she was frightened. And then she knew she wasn't for she felt quite sure that Christopher Robin would never let any harm happen to Rue. So she said to herself, If they are having a joke with me, I will have a joke with them. Now then, Rue, dear, she said as she took Piglet out of her pocket. Bedtime! Aha! said Piglet, as well as he could after his terrifying journey. But it wasn't a very good aha! And Kanga didn't seem to understand what it meant. Bath first, said Kanga in a cheerful voice. Aha, said Piglet again, looking round anxiously for the others. But the others weren't there. 
Rabbit was playing with Baby Roo in his own house and feeling more fond of him every minute. And Pooh, who had decided to be a kanga, was still at the sandy place on the top of the forest, practicing jumps. I'm not at all sure, said Kanga in a thoughtful voice, that it wouldn't be a good idea to have a cold bath this evening. Would you like that, Roo, dear? Piglet, who had never been really fond of baths, shuddered a long, indignant shudder, and said in as brave a voice as he could, Kanga, I see that the time has come to speak plainly. Funny little Roo, said Kanga as she got the bath water ready. I am not Roo, said Piglet loudly. I am Piglet. Yes, dear, yes, said Kanga soothingly, and imitating Piglet's voice too. So clever of him. She went on as she took a large bar of yellow soap out of the cupboard. What will he be doing next? Can't you see? <coughs> shouted Piglet. <coughs> Haven't you got eyes? <coughs> Look at me! <coughs> I am looking, Roo, dear, said Kanga rather severely, and you know what I told you yesterday about making faces. If you go on making faces like Piglet, you will grow up to look like Piglet, and then think how sorry you will be. Now then, into the bath, and don't let me have to speak to you about it again. Before he knew where he was, Piglet was in the bath, and Kanga was scrubbing him firmly with a large, lathery flannel. Ow! cried Piglet. Let me out! I'm Piglet! Don't open the mouth, dear, or the soap goes in, said Kanga. There! What did I tell you? You did it on purpose! spluttered Piglet as soon as he could speak again, and then accidentally had another mouthful of lathery flannel. That's right, dear. Don't say anything, said Kanga, and in another minute Piglet was out of the bath and being rubbed dry with a towel. Now, said Kanga, there's your medicine, and then bed. What? What? What medicine? said Piglet. To make you grow big and strong, dear. You don't want to grow up small and weak like Piglet, do you? Well, then. At that moment, there was a knock at the door. Come in, said Kanga, and in came Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin, Christopher Robin, cried Piglet, tell Kanga who I am. She keeps saying I'm Roo. I'm not Roo, am I? Christopher Robin looked at him very carefully and shook his head. You can't be Roo, he said, because I've just seen Roo playing in Rabbit's house. Well, said Kanga, fancy that. Fancy my making a mistake like that. There you are, said Piglet. I told you so. I'm Piglet. Christopher Robin shook his head again. Oh, you're not Piglet, he said. I know Piglet well, and he's quite a different colour. Piglet began to say that this was because he had just had a bath. And then he thought that perhaps he wouldn't say that. And as he opened his mouth to say something else, Kanga slipped the medicine spoon in and then patted him on the back and told him that it was really quite a nice taste when you got used to it. I knew it wasn't Piglet, said Kanga. I wonder who it can be. Perhaps it's some relation of Pooh's, said Christopher Robin. What about a nephew or an uncle or something? Kanga agreed that this was probably what it was, and said that they would have to call it by some name. I shall call it Pootel, said Christopher Robin. Henry Pootel, for short. And just when it was decided, Henry Pootel wriggled out of Kanga's arms and jumped to the ground. To his great joy, Christopher Robin had left the door open. Never had Henry Pootel Piglet run so fast as he ran then, and he didn't stop running until he had got quite close to his house. But when he was a hundred yards away, he stopped running and rolled the rest of the way home so as to get his own nice, comfortable colour again. So Kangaroo and Roo stayed in the forest.
And every Tuesday, Roo spent the day with his great friend Rabbit. And every Tuesday, Kanga spent the day with her great friend Pooh, teaching him to jump. And every Tuesday, Piglet spent the day with his great friend Christopher Robin. So they were all happy again. Happiness. John had great big waterproof boots on. John had a great big waterproof hat. John had a great big waterproof Macintosh. And that, said John, is that. King John's Christmas. King John was not a good man. He had his little ways, and sometimes no one spoke to him for days and days and days. And men who came across him when walking in the town gave him a supercilious stare, or passed with noses in the air. And bad King John stood dumbly there, blushing beneath his crown. King John was not a good man, and no good friends had he. He stayed in every afternoon, but no one came to tea. And round about December the cards upon his shelf, which wished him lots of Christmas cheer and fortune in the coming year, were never from his near and dear, but only from himself. King John was not a good man. He had had his hopes and fears. They'd given him no present now for years and years and years. But every year at Christmas, while minstrels stood about, collecting tribute from the young for all the songs they might have sung, he stole away upstairs and hung a hopeful stocking out. King John was not a good man. He lived his life aloof. Alone he thought a message out while climbing up the roof. He wrote it down and propped it against the chimney stack. To all and sundry, near and far, F Christmas in particular. And signed it not Johannes R., but very humbly, Jack. I want some crackers and I want some candy. I think a box of chocolates would come in handy. I don't mind oranges, I do like nuts, and I should like a pocket knife that really cuts. And oh, Father Christmas, if you love me at all, bring me a big red India rubber ball. King John was not a good man. He wrote this message out and got him to his room again, descending by the spout. And all that night he lay there, a prey to hopes and fears. I think that's him a-coming now. Anxiety bedewed his brow. He'll bring one present anyhow, the first I've had for years. Forget about the crackers and forget about the candy. I'm sure a box of chocolates would never come in handy. I don't like oranges. I don't want nuts. And I have got a pocket knife that almost cuts. But, oh, Father Christmas, if you love me at all, bring me a big red India rubber ball. King John was not a good man. Next morning, when the sun rose up to tell a waiting world that Christmas had begun, and people seized their stockings and opened them with glee, and crackers, toys, and games appeared, and lips with sticky sweets were smeared, King John said grimly, As I feared, nothing again for me. I did want crackers, and I did want candy. I know a box of chocolates would come in handy. I do love oranges. I did want nuts. I haven't got a pocket knife. Not one that cuts, and oh, if Father Christmas had loved me at all, he would have brought a big red India rubber ball.
King John stood by the window, and frowned to see below the happy bands of boys and girls, all playing in the snow. A while he stood there watching, and envying them all. When through the window, big and red, there hurtled by his royal head, and bounced and fell upon the bed an India rubber ball. And, oh, Father Christmas, my blessings on you fall for bringing him a big red India rubber ball. The Invaders in careless patches through the wood, the clumps of yellow primrose stood, and sheets of white anemones, like driven snow against the trees, had covered up the violet, but left the bluebell bluer yet. Along the narrow carpet ride, with primroses on either side, between their shadows and the sun, the cows came slowly, one by one, breathing the early morning air and leaving it still sweeter there. And one by one, intent upon their purposes, they followed on in ordered silence, and were gone. But all the little wood was still, as if it waited so, until some blackbird on an outpost yew, watching the slow procession through, lifted his yellow beak at last to whistle that the line had passed. Then all the wood began to sing its morning anthem to the spring. In the dark. I've had my supper, and had my supper, and had my supper and all. I've heard the story of Cinderella and how she went to the ball. I've cleaned my teeth, and I've said my prayers, and I've cleaned and said them right. And they've all of them been and kissed me lots. They've all of them said, Good night. So, here I am in the dark alone. There's nobody here to see. I think to myself. I play to myself. And nobody knows what I say to myself. Here I am in the dark alone. What is it going to be? I can think whatever I like to think. I can play whatever I like to play. I can laugh whatever I like to laugh. There's nobody here but me. I'm talking to a rabbit. I'm talking to the sun. I think I am a hundred. I'm one. I'm lying in a forest. I'm lying in a cave. I'm talking to a dragon. I'm brave. I'm lying on my left side. I'm lying on my right. I'll play a lot tomorrow. I'll think a lot tomorrow. I'll laugh a lot tomorrow. Hey-ho. Oh, good night. The Complete Works of Winnie the Pooh Performed by Peter Dennis based on the stage show Bother. Music composed and conducted by Don Davis. Piano played by Gloria Chang and clarinet by Charles Boito. Production recorded and mixed by Jeff Sykes 
at KCRW Santa Monica. Executive producer, Jacqueline Delorier. Radio production directed by Christopher Toyne. A co-production of KCRW and Bother LA Production. You've just heard the complete works of Winnie the Pooh on ICANNHD2 and ICANNRadio.org. Unabridged recordings of the four Winnie the Pooh books can be found at downpour.com or by calling 1-855-369-6768.